This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What up, what up, what up? This is a big week. Hope everybody's ready. Absolutely. Holy fuck. I mean, it is time to go the long-awaited... Um, Oh, excuse me. The long-awaited return of the NHL starts off this week. And for Caps fans, it starts off on Wednesday. I am beyond overjoyed. Paulie, how about you? Yeah, man. I uh, I don't know what to do with myself. Um, this is I mean, We've been waiting for this since March 15th. Right. I'm, I'm so ready. Absolutely, man. I mean... Um, you know, last week we put in a backup epi because we had some previous stuff going on, and I actually, Polly, I don't know if you if you listened to it, but I, I thought we it was timely. Um, you know, we talked about hockey culture and the, the toxicity of it all, and coming from our backgrounds, how we felt about it. Um, and and I thought I thought we did a really good job. I thought it was a good epi and, and a little raw, obviously, it being a backup and it being early in our podcasting. Uh, relationship in that sense, but I liked it, man. Did you get to listen to it? I haven't listened to it yet because I've been catching up on sh- TV shows. Uh, but I have no doubt that I was wonderful. <laughs> okay, well, that's. I feel like that's a typical cupcake answer there. Um, <laughs> but folks, today we're going to be talking about you know league news. Uh, I have here on the outline that we're talking about CBA. That's from last week. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to delete that real quick. Um, But, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Caps, July 29th versus Carolina. First game back, it's going to be an exhibition warm-up game. I'm assuming it's probably going to be pretty rusty. But um, we'll go into that. We'll... We'll talk about what's going on around the league. Obviously, I'm sure, unless you've been living under a rock, there was some new shitty fucking team that was announced, their name. You know, I don't know if we really even want to talk about it because it's so poor. But, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go into that. And then, obviously, the Washington Wraparound this episode is going to be pretty in-depth. We're going to dive into the roster structure and um, some some changes that have unfortunately happened but i'm i'm riding high i'm riding high right now i'm happy hockey's coming back and i'm thinking that you know the caps will persevere i think they have a great outlook on on this this little tournament that is going to eventually decide the stanley cup champion yeah i think uh if if you have anything less than blind optimism right now then you don't even turn on your tv Right. I mean, my plums, my plums right now are just swelling with excitement. <laughs> and if your plums are not swelling with excitement, I don't know what the fuck. I mean, why are you even listening right now? Why are you even here? Um, one thing I do want to show everyone up on the big on the on the upper screen here is if I can figure it out um, is we have branded face masks so if you guys are are fans of the show and you need a face mask i have them at 15 dollars right now i don't know if that's i'm sure that i mean that's very overpriced but that's just what it automatically set to so 
I don't know, Polly, what do you think? You think $15 for such a high quality face mask is out of the question or out of line? I don't know. I mean, I feel like anything you get with a logo is going to be more than the average cost of a mask because, uh, you know, you had to put time and effort and materials into it. So, I mean, if, if you guys really love us, 15 bucks, isn't that much. Exactly. Right. And on top of that, we're helping you, you dirty flesh bag, not infect other people and hopefully keeping your mucous membranes nice and safe. Um, I will say that we are probably the more expensive. I know that the tip of the iceberg podcast, you know, those bums in Pittsburgh and the, um, the Phoenix podcast has, has followed suit. I'm not going to say that they straight up copied me, but they copied me (laughs) in these crew, in these face masks. So check out their sites too. If you guys like the, um, coyotes or i mean if you like the pittsburgh penguins maybe you're here trying to do some some enemy research some recon i mean they are they are their store is up and running and has really nice face masks and you know they're cheaper because obviously they're not worth as much yeah it's penguin garbage (laughs) right right so check them out on the merch store and the URL is capschirp.whatforapparel.com. So check it out. It's always in our in our bio and uh, and on our Twitter and everything else. So check them out. Buy one. Buy us a case of beer, please. Yeah. Check it out. We're not friends anymore. Right. <laughs> um, that being said, speaking of beer, I guess we kind of just need to get lubed up here. I mean, I'm, I've already started, but but we'll get into that a little later. Let's make it formal. One, two, three. All right, Capstan. So I, I've apologized profusely to Polly because I just came from a roller hockey team game that Polly, you're on that team, aren't you? You're still rostered. I am. Um, but due to, circumstances of today's world and other circumstances in my life i've re-entered quarantine so i have been unavailable to play uh which does sting a little bit but that's life right and so this game that was scheduled for like 710 didn't get going and probably to like 720 and then crazy tilt playing one of the higher seeded lower talented teams in the <laughs> league and we uh went to overtime and won it so so I, that's a that's what the people want to hear exactly so we're off the schneid i mean i think that the last three games that we've played have gone to overtime and we've lost them and then this game we go to overtime and we win and as a matter of fact Polly, because of just the scheduling and and you know where we play roller hockey, it's outside, so if it rains, you get rained out because it's absolutely treacherous to play on the shitty surface with while it's wet. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So we uh, we ended up, you know, obviously I think we actually have so we have the most games played in the entire league. So we may not play again until playoffs, and it's kind of up to other teams to decide our fate. So we've got. I think like only like two or three wins out of a 10 game uh, stretch and uh, two overtime losses. 
So that's like eight points, six or eight points. I mean, if you're going to lose, might as well get a point out of it. Exactly. Loser points, not a bad thing, right? And we've talked about that in depth on this podcast, even in the NHL. Yeah, Um, the tying point. Right. And speaking of the NHL, we had a bit of a ringer on our team, Riley Armstrong. He was the coach for the Wheeling Nailers. And I think he's got, they said he's got two games in the show. So we took Yeah, I looked him up. I think it was um, San Jose. Mm. Here, I'll, That's cool. I'll pull, I'll pull it up again. He wasn't a big guy. Um, probably a little bit shorter than me by maybe an inch. But, uh, man. Yeah, the hands. Sharks in 08, 09. Yeah, hands for days. Hands for days. Uh, real pivotal in a couple really good plays. Uh, always in control of the puck. I mean, the dude had – I mean, he wasn't out there on tunnel uh, and where we play. He wasn't the greatest skater, but no one is. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a rough surface. Yeah. So – and I think he was in a pair of blades that were like two sizes too big for him. So even in all that shit, I mean, he was out there just – fucking you know just making no mistakes really was what it was just no mistakes and great hands good vision just making all the right decisions and it also it it netted us a win it was probably hard for him to play with people of that skill level given his experience (laughs) yeah like sometimes it's it's harder to come down to other people's levels Absolutely. Playing down is the worst, I would say. That's yeah. harder than playing you know, up. You get so used to people being at your level, so you expect them to be certain places, so you know how to beat them. Right. And then they're not there, so the moves you make, you end up just, like, running into them. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And um, But, you know what, halfway through the game, I was like, oh, yeah, you still got it, bud. And he's like, yeah, man. And, and he was really, really cool, real friendly. Like, you know, wasn't out there being a dick like i've played in the show you know he was not no ego involved uh he just wanted the sweat and um about halfway through the game i'm like well at least you're having some fun and he's like oh i'm fucking loving this so i'm happy that we were able to give him that opportunity uh i guess that sounds really ridiculous but i'm glad that he graced us with his his talent and 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 skill level because <laughs> it, it got us the win he had a g he, he hit a gino and um and just was a, a solid presence out there. I hope he ends up on Chicklets one day and talks about his experience of playing <laughs> roller in Wheeling, West Virginia. Yeah, from from what I understand, um, he uh, he's actually taking over a head coaching gig in Maine for the new ECHL, ECHL team. So good luck to him. Yeah, good luck. He was a good replacement for you, Polly. Let's just say yeah. that. Big shoes to fill. <laughs> yeah. All right. All you've right. Got, well, you've got something special to talk about, don't you? I do. I do. So, folks, I did a 23andMe that was bought for me by my parents about uh, three years ago for Christmas, and I've just never done it. And I did it, and it was a pretty easy thing, and, and I sent it in. Um, and the whole whole reason is now that I have a daughter, you know, throughout my whole life – People always ask about my family history, but since I'm adopted, I I don't know, you know, which right. saves a lot of time at the doctor's office, to be completely honest, because, yeah. you know, I don't have to fucking tell them my whole hand, family history because I'm just like, skip it, skip it, just move forward with, with the fucking 
pills that you're going to prescribe me. And that's a whole nother fucking whatever, uh, conversation. But, um, so, so I, I get it. And, um, surprise, surprise, <laughs> like 91.87% Korean. Man, that really threw me off. <laughs> and they, they fucking honed it in to the city that you were born in too. And I was, it was Seoul. I was born in Seoul and they were fucking right on the button there. Um, I'm like five, four, less than 5% Japanese, I think, or something like that. Maybe like seven, but they, they say I'm a little bit Japanese at some point, which I guess kind of makes sense because the Japanese at one point occupied Korea in like the world war two era and, and, and previous. And they were, uh, I guess when it comes to occupation of a country, I don't know how to say it very nicely, but they, there's going to be some fucking, yeah, and and it was not consensual. Let's say that. Yeah. Oh, well, some of um, um, some of it might be, but the majority probably is not. Right. And um. Yeah. And then that was not. You know, that's something. You know, I'm not. I don't harbor any hate for Japanese. I mean, you know, this is obviously way beyond my time. But, anyways, I'm sure a lot of people do. And and whatever that. If you know anything about history, I'm sure you can you can Google that on your own. Um. And then watch Game I, of Thrones, and then right. just imagine. Right. And then I was, um, like a little bit of Chinese, like less than a percent. And then they said Native American. (laughs) Which the only explanation for that is that someone from North America moved to Asia and mixed in with, with, uh, your heritage at some point. Right. Right. And yeah, that's what yeah. they say. That's how they say civilization made it to North America was Asianic tribes went across the Bering Strait. So, folks, you're getting you're getting a real good history Which, yeah, lesson right now. That that's the reality. I don't know if you. I, I was being sarcastic. I was saying someone from North America went back to Asia. <laughs> obviously, that's obviously they honed in your DNA. They traced it back like it's been like ten thousand years, right? Since people came over so that the fact that you have native american in you is just shows that they can trace it back like 10,000 plus right and i mean it's not enough to get me a good college scholarship or anything but but the, <laughs> yeah. the one thing that i i wanted to uh to really just hammer home and and let all of the fans know that you know I was, they said I was probably going to be lactose intolerant. And if I chug a lot of milk, I mean, it's like ticking time bomb until I'm just, just unleashing fury. Uh, (laughs) But, but there's a positive coming out of it. And I have Polly, the muscle composition of what, and I'm quoting this now. This is a quote that has been burned into my, into my head. Now I have the muscle composition of an elite power athlete. That's not my <laughs> words. That's not my words. That's 23andMe's words. That I have the muscle composition of a, an elite power athlete. Basically what that means is that if I had been in a better area and, you know, maybe seen been seen by some more people, probably would have been an NHLer at this point. Probably would have been you like, would have grown up in Toronto. Right, or, you know, anywhere in Saskatoon, Buff- probably. Yeah, Buffalo, <laughs> Boston. 
Yeah. So yeah. it's you know, burned I mean, into it's... my memory because <laughs> hockey troll decided as soon as he got this information, he had to call me. It was like what? Tuesday at like <laughs> yeah. 1130 in the morning. Yeah, on like Snapchat, I FaceTimed you and showed yeah, you like, the, the the results. Yeah, it was uh, it was flattering that I was your call. It's <laughs> like Jesus Christ, like <laughs> you're actually second. Of all- you were actually second. I called I called my oh. girlfriend. I called a couple people, but you were like uh, second. <laughs> okay, well I'm not as flattered, but still kind of flattered. I was still on the list. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I just want everybody, uh, you know out there listening to know that I've, I have the muscle composition of an, and I'm this again, not my words, (laughs) an elite power athlete. Hmm. (laughs) So basically what, what I'm getting out of this is that, and, and everybody listening can probably concur. Um, whenever you talk about beer league, it's just shows that you have 100% underachieved in your life <laughs> fuck man uh, yeah i guess <laughs> but i still am an elite beer league player in our level at our level so well i mean we we all have underachieved but you just have dna proof <laughs> <laughs> i guess so yeah I, well, well now when you put it that way polly it's not as fucking flattering so I'm. Refu- gotta, I'm I got to keep you grounded, man. <laughs> so I'm. 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 I'm going to go ahead and just refuse that uh, as as <laughs> fact, and just go ahead and, and say, you know, still an elite power athlete, baby. Let's go. Um. All right. Well, <laughs> enough about me and my elite power athlete DNA. But I mean, a ton of stuff has happened. No, I mean this this last yeah. week. Uh, and I guess we'll just start it off with the bad news. And the Seattle team, whom, who I have been petitioning for the totems since day fucking one, right, Polly? You can attest to that. You have. You have. I've, I've had a huge fucking hard on for the Seattle team being named the fucking totems. And they go out and name their team the Kraken. And. Yeah. I'm butthurt. I'm ass hurt. I'm enraged. So enraged that I've changed my tr- Twitter display name to Hockey Totem. And I don't know how long that's going to last. Maybe a week, maybe a month. But the first time ever, I'm breaking branding and going to Hockey Totem. So, is Kraken plural as well as singular? Or did are they being just one Kraken? It's a good question. It's a good question, and another fallacy to the whole fucking name. I don't know. I would I would assume that Kraken is multiple Kraken, but here's the here's the problem. And I've talked to Tom Franklin especially on uh, the Slack for the Hockey Podcast Network, and the Kraken was supposed to be a singular beast uh, from Scandinavian mythology that destroyed ships and was depicted as a tentacled monster. Now, it's not octopus-like. They never say it's a fucking octopus, but it is a tentacled-type monster. And if you've ever seen one of my favorite movies of all time, Clash of the Titans, the original Clash of the Titans, not the bullshit new Clash of the Titans where Pegasus is black. That's fucking weird. Anyways, but 
<laughs> you get what I'm saying, right? Like the 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 beast that they unleash in Crack of the Titans when um, Poseidon actually has to literally go into the ocean and let him out, unleash the Kraken or release the Kraken uh, on Zeus's order. It is a big like swamp thing monster with tentacles on its back. It's not a it's not an octopus. Claymation right. and all. Well, I feel like even though the origins have not weren't necessarily octopi or squids, a lot of other pop culture has depicted them a kraken as like just a giant squid. Right, which is bullshit because I feel like that's just it's the easy way out for the Seattle team to do it because it's just oh it's a big giant squid and it's a big mythical monster and all this and and now all of the goddamn clichés are going to come out. I bet when they skate on the fucking ice they're going to say release the kraken and then fucking all the guys are going to come out and it's just it's just more regurgitated bullshit when if they were the totems the unis would have been crazy looking. I mean, think about earth tones, wood color type totems as as their thing. And actually, I was talking to John from the Oil Country podcast, who we've had on here for Hockey Ocalypse, and he was saying that now that the CBC, I think that's the Canadian Broadcast Company, which is like PBS or like NBC mm-hmm. in the states, they will not reference any. Native American iconography in their broadcast anymore. So for Chicago, so they're just going to say Chicago, not the Blackhawks. Okay. So it'd be like Washington, the Washington football team. It'd be the Chicago hockey team. Right. Or Chicago. Yeah. Well, I thought the, uh, the totems was good. I thought it was a very non-offensive way to pay tribute. Um, I think the, I think the S the, the design looks cool because I mean, it's got an eye and then a tentacle, but the rest of it isn't really the shape of an animal. Like it's, I don't right. know. So, so like the, the primary color is a deep sea blue and then there's an ice blue, a shadow like a blue, teal. Yeah. A, bo- a boundless blue and red alert. Um, and I, I honestly, like I like the colors the NHL mm-hmm. has expertly, or the, the the Kraken team, marketing team, has expertly found the 39th shade of blue that is visibly different to be showcased in the NHL. But, like, how many teams use blue in their fucking colors, dude? Yeah. But, I mean, it is a different kind of blue. Yeah, and then there's teal. I think that Seattle's best logo is their secondary one with the anchor... And the space needle coming out the middle. Yeah. But I like the S because it's it's similar to the Seattle Mariners. Right. Um, so you got, you know, you're tying in other parts of the town. Um, and I don't know about the, the football team or the soccer team, what their logos are like, but Well Um Well I I'd, I'd read that the Seattle team that was in the NHL previously was the first American team to win the Stanley Cup, and they had an S. That was their logo. Yeah, so it, it's it's meant to be a, they're, a they're tip of the hat to Metropolitans. Right. And they won the 
1917 Stanley Cup just before the NHL was officially established. Right. And, but like the tentacle is just like penetrating. I mean, it's like the tentacle is like fisting the S. It's weird. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I wish they would have, they should have uh, made that as their like official description. Yeah. Yeah. The tentacle is fisting the S and then the, the red eye is just there for no reason. And then just to tie in for the red pinstriping on the jerseys, <laughs> the, the jerseys don't the red, look bad though. I mean, the, the, Oh, go ahead. The, the red eyes, the is pink eye coming off of the fisting. <laughs> it's like, it's the tentacle fisted the <laughs> S and then wipe their eye. Uh, pink eye. Wash your hands, were folks. Made. Wash your hands, folks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like the color scheme. I've seen some pictures of uh, some like suggested glove color oh, schemes, yeah. and it's looking good. It, I, I I don't mind it. I just I have a strong non-starter on the whole team name, just in general. So. I'm going to hate them forever, and this is bullshit. Everybody's <laughs> like, oh, well, you're going to come around, and, and you're going to like them in a year. And actually, again, Tom Franklin's like, I'm putting a Google calendar alert in a year to, to ask Hockey Troll if he likes the logo now. And I'm going to say no. I'm going to have to say no because they could have been the totems, and they could have done they could have thrown back to the Native American heritage of Seattle and Washington as a state and really, really like kind of like in been inclusive in that. And I get that like Vancouver does that now the Canucks, right? Mm -hmm. They do that now with their icon or with their, um, Shamu, I guess you would say their killer whale, right? Yeah. I think they should have just stolen the Seattle Thunderbirds from the WHL's name. (laughs) Well, and the thing is, there's a there's a totems. TJ Oshie wanted it to be totems too, because there's a junior team in Seattle or in Washington called the Totems. I hope that um, I think it's very likely that TJ Oshie ends up in Seattle. No, I don't say. Um, I read that. To, I read that today. Yeah, and you know what? I wouldn't be too upset, and I, I'd like to see him and Jay Beagle. Um. Reunite. I'd like to in see Seattle. them both there. Yeah. And you know who else could join them though is is Holtby. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, I've seen a lot of jersey swaps. I've seen a jersey swap already of that, and I hate it. But you know, whatever it takes. I mean, whatever is going to happen is going to happen, and and we have no control over that, obviously. But uh, you know, I just I'm not pumped about the Kraken and. Look, it was a great second option, right? Like, it was a great second option to the totems. Yeah. So, I I don't mind that, but, but at the same time, they, I feel like they just flubbed it. They flubbed it. They could have taken a risk. They could have made crazy unis. Like, think about it, man. Like, like uh, the socks could have been, like, a brownish or, like, a red, red green greenish color with, like, a red face of, like, a, a hawk or something. And like a Seahawk basically. And it could have like come together, split down the middle on their socks. Then like up in the pants, it would have been like a, like a tan. And then their, uh, and then their jerseys could have been like crazy. Just, you know, like a totem, like it looked like a totem. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't think with today's climate, it would, the, 
I think it was easy to decide not to. Right. With the controversy surrounding other teams. Especially with the CBC going and doing that. With, right. You know, no iconography, but whatever. All right. Well, there's my rant about the fucking goddamn Seattle fucking Kraken. And here's the worst part. The S is cool and all, whatever, but you're not even going to show a, a tentacled badass monster? Like, fuck you. Right, they're going to leave it all mysterious. Yeah, and it's like, what is this? Like, is this a Ridley Scott film? Like, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're... What is this? You're not going to show the monster until, like... You're going to have, like, two minutes of screen time for the monsters? This is bullshit. So, piss me off. But, anyways... What do you got on League News? We'll move on from this. I will eventually recover, but we're already half an hour in. I've spent like 20 minutes just ranting and hating on the Seattle Kraken. So so go ahead. So the Oilers, in the final scrimmage they had for their training camp, they played in uh, memory of Colby Cave. They all wore number 12, and they're going to auction off the jerseys. And uh, the proceeds are going to go to the Colby Cave Memorial Fund which gives its proceeds uh, toward community programs with an emphasis on mental health initiatives and providing access to sports for underprivileged children. Uh, And at the end of the uh, scrimmage, there was Colby's wife and some family members, and they all gave a salute up to them in the the box overlooking the ice. It was, it was some nice stuff. It's, you know, it's good to see that it was, they're not just when, when the tragedy happened, they weren't just, giving their condolences and putting on a show, they're continuing to honor his memory. Right. And remind us, do you remember how, what happened to Colby cave? He, he passed away. Yeah. And, um, I want to say it was some freak medical thing, right? Yeah. He went in for a surgery. Right. It just didn't go well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he had a brain bleed. Yeah, right. That's right. Like a brain aneurysm. Yeah, so he was in a medically induced coma for nearly a week, and then he died. That's crazy. Um, and and you know he was a he was a a lunch pail guy, and obviously earned a lot of respect through the team being that guy. And unfortunately, he passed away. So uh, you know, a life cut short. And it's great that the Oilers community and, and the Oilers team is really just kind of solidifying around that. So all good Absolutely. stuff. There. Yeah. But on to some positive news starting August 1st, the hockey extravaganza bonanza mindfuck orgy is happening. Polly, what are you calling it? August anarchy. It's my little twist on March madness. I think that's good. That's fucking amazing. Look at you. Yeah. Um, it, you know, uh, Patrick Kane was comparing it to March Madness, and it just popped right into my head. <laughs> Your inspiration is Patty Kane. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm not proud of that. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, five to six games a day for the first nine days in August, boys and girls. It's fucking amazing. Um, the playing rounds are going to be a flurry of co- hockey. And the NHL is now doing like an NHL.com slash NHL network subscription for five fucking dollars. Is that right? Yeah, you can either do it's three ninety nine for just your team or four ninety nine for every game. So uh, it's pretty no brainer. easy choice there. Yeah, no brainer, right? 
and yeah. it's not the hundred dollars that I had said, but I think people would still pay a hundred dollars. But honestly, with it being so low, I bet so many people are just going to tune in anyways. Yeah, and most of the games are going to be on NBC, NBC Sports Network, or even USA. But some of the games are going to be on NHL Network, and it looks like this subscription will cover you if you don't have the NHL Network. What if you don't have USA? I think I think every game will be available on the NHL.TV, but I'm not 100% sure. In any case, throw the NHL five bucks, ladies and gentlemen, and get all the games because it's going to be amazing. <laughs> it is. And I think what um, what happened is the, the, the NHL playoffs pretty much ended up taking the Tokyo time slots. So since the Olympics didn't happen, that's why NBC has all this available airtime and USA Network. Right. Um, so, well, and uh, additionally, so, they just have nothing to air otherwise. Yeah, it's just going to be like, I don't know, like CSI reruns and stuff on and USA. Like, and Yeah, and on NBC, it's like Mecham Auto Auctions, which I like but because I'm a car guy. But at the same time, live sports is going to trump that easily, right? Oh, yeah. It, I had a, I was waiting for a lacrosse game the other day, and there was a, a car auction on, and I couldn't stand five minutes of it. <laughs> I like that shit. I like to see what they go for. But that being said, I mean, speaking of lacrosse, the PLL is also coming back at this time, and man, that has been a, a crazy. Um, it's a weird league to to watch. It's it's because they have that shot clock, and if you're a lacrosse fan, I mean. It's action, action. It's nonstop action. I mean, the the shot clock has created a environment where you have to push towards the net at every single play. So it, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's a fast fifty two seconds. Right. I've been seeing a lot of not a lot of passing plays, but a, a lot of ISO plays. What have you been seeing yeah. on PLL? It's get one guy the ball and let him fucking come in and rip. Exactly. Um, it's it's been a lot of big shots, uh, and, and certain teams are looking for that two pointer, right? Um, especially when down. Especially like in the last fifteen seconds, if you have the if the guys have the ball in the, in the last fifteen seconds of that clock shot shot clock, right. they're not passing it. They're holding it and waiting for a shot. Yeah, and it's not like. Um the NBA or basketball where is if you take a shot the shot clock resets it has to hit pipe or it has to hit the goalie oh that's like basketball if it hits the rim it resets oh is it oh see mm-hmm. well, obviously I don't waste my time with inferior <laughs> sports if you even want to call basketball a sport but you know that's just me so okay fair enough so yeah you have to you have to actually make a real attempt you can't just launch it wide high and and chase it down in regular field yeah like you wouldn't need that actually there was a, a play on saturday where the redwoods uh took a shot and it went out you know missed the net and it was going to be their ball two seconds left on the shot clock and the refs just turned over possession for a shot clock violation even though there was still two seconds left for an inbound like that's weird. The, the you could tell that it was the ref's first weekend in a while too because I've, the refing yes. was off. I have been watching and and I've I've thought that the refing in the PLL has been bush league, if you would say. 
a lot of even things like I didn't even see who hit it out. Like the refs have literally been like media timeout. I didn't even see who hit it out. And lacrosse at that level is 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 like hockey. It's an incredibly hard game to ref because things happen so quickly and there's just chaos in certain areas. So certain scrums and things and who comes out with the ball is, is I get it. I feel for him, but you know, there's a lot of things to, to work on. But one thing that I will say about the PLL, which is awesome is that they mic up players to the point where the announcers can actually interview them in the game, which makes so much sense for lacrosse because after a play happens and the play is on the other side of the field, the attackman and the defenseman are just sitting there. You know, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Pretty much everybody but the the midfielders can do that. Right. And, you know, like when when it came down to me playing lacrosse, when the play was on the other end and I was just guarding my attackman, I would just, you know, touch his butt and you know, put my stick on his stick and follow him around and just poke him and do <laughs> just harass <laughs> my attackman when nothing was going on just to show that I was there and that I'm a dick. Yeah, I mean, it seems like in lacrosse, there's there's one of three things you do when the ball's at the other end, and you either make small talk and be buddies with the guy, you, or you ignore him, or you do what you do. Exactly. Piss him off. Right, and that's what I do all the time. Like, I'm here all the time. Um, back to hockey, though. We, we digress. But back to hockey, all games are going to have a five-second delay to monitor cussing. I mean, and that goes back to, like, the PLL and the MLB and everybody else. I've, I've heard so many F-bombs on daytime TV watching the return to sports. Yeah, I know. I love it. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. But you can only imagine how, how many F-bombs are going to be resonating off the boards there. Yeah, um, like I think about watching uh, like the Frozen Four and how many times I've heard an F-bomb when they're down there on the ice during like the trophy ceremony and stuff. Right. And like just think about how many F-bombs you hear when they're celebrating, how many more you're going to hear while they're playing. Exactly, exactly. Um, So I still have a uh, like a – a little bit of uh, Merlot here in this uh, from last night's after hours. I did an after hours with uh, with a network. I'm always on that. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into that just so you know. All right. I've uh, so far I've had a beer. I've had two different beers. I've had a, a Guinness Blonde and then a coffee stout, and okay. I had some kind of red wine. My wife was drinking it. Didn't want to finish it. And Damn. it was still very, very much in there. Yeah. And then I had a Jameson and Sprite. So, uh, you're toasted. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I'm, I'm toasted. But, uh, <laughs> you know, red wine's always a good choice. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's good for the heart. No, it is. And I think it's, it's a happy buzz. Right. Fair enough. Um, okay. Well, obviously, we, we would rather hear cussing because I feel like that's, with that's just hockey baby let's go but yeah you know it's it i understand why because it's going to be on like nbc and like kids are watching and oh my god if they if they hear the f-bomb as if their parents don't call them fuckers every day i don't right i don't know what it is but what else what else do we have in in the league news there Polly? 
Uh, so recently I, I saw that uh, Seabrook for Chicago, he's not going to be playing. It has nothing to do with COVID. He's had three surgeries this past season. His right shoulder on December 27th, his left hip on, in January, and his right hip on February 6th. After his third surgery, um, the team physician said he would need five to six months to recover, and he has skated with the team since they've been back. And uh, Seabrook just said he doesn't feel comfortable yet, and he doesn't he's not as comfortable as he would want to feel on the ice, and he doesn't want to waste one of the 31 roster spots uh, for a guy that could go at any time. I mean – that's a good team move, but fuck, man. The 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 Blackhawks have constantly used long-term IR and injury status, you know, HOSA, uh, to name one of the most recent, to avoid and to bolster their roster. Uh, what do you think? I mean, do you think that's a, that's a shit move or what? Well, first of all, has HOSA even officially retired yet, or is he still on long-term IR because he's in the fucking Hall of Fame? Yeah, so he's done, but I think that he's still getting paid his contract out. <laughs> that's that's one hell of a loophole. Um, yeah. I mean, I appreciate Seabrook's team move here, but I got to think for him, it's got to be a hard choice because they've really sucked since right. their last cup. And, and who are they playing? He's uh, Was it Edmonton? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's Edmonton and – the Blackhawks and have upset ability here. They do. And how many more chances is Seabrook at 35 going to get in the playoffs? Right. But if your if, hips are just grind, I mean, you know, you've played hockey. If, I mean, yeah. I feel it. My hips, my knees are okay. And your knees are okay, right? Unlike your brother's, Parker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Parker. What's up, Parker? The, uh, you little bitch. With the glass glass knees. Yeah. Um, but you, you get what I mean. But I understand it. I completely my groin is so tight, and and just from playing hockey and my hips, uh, you know, I've I've sent you stretches that I do, uh, just to like counteract playing beer league the 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 night before, and they're great. And it's crazy how if your hips are tight, how it fucks up the rest of your body and as far as lower back pain and mid back pain and core strength and everything else and flexibility. I mean, your hips in hockey are huge, right? That's, I feel like the, the, you know, in college or I mean, in, in football, your knees are the big thing, right? Oh, it's ACL, MCL, meniscus, all those are big, you know, buzzwords, but in hockey, the underrated thing is hips. Oh yeah. That's, that's for sure. I mean, people always talk about the groin, but the the groin and the hip. They're, I mean, they're they're like yin and yang, right? right? The same fucking thing, basically. Yeah, almost. So, I mean, I can see why it's a problem. It just sucks, you know, because you know you hear stories about guys fighting through crazy injuries for the cup, and it's just as a thirty five year old and first time in the playoffs in a couple years, and last time they were there, they got swept as the number one seed, like. Right, he he must really be hurting to sure. just step aside like this. Absolutely, and I mean, as a defenseman, that transition, opening up your hips, is something that you're going to do in practice and in a week of practice and in in a t- a, the crazy schedule that they have. You're going to be opening up your hips and straining on that. Uh, what, a hundred and fifty times a day, 
Yeah, that's yeah, pretty much every drill. Right, because that's all it is, is that your transition, you know, and good defensemen will say, well, never stop, never stop skating backwards, right? But, but yeah. at this age, a Seabrook's going to have to fucking, you know, change directions on the skates. Yeah, but, uh, so, I mean, tough decision for him, but probably the right decision. Mm-hmm. And good for the club, of course, which is, you know, Chicago has... Use that injury, that injury loophole quite often. So it's like Moneyball, right? Tough to hate on him, but at the same time, wow, that's kind of a good thing for Chicago, right? Yeah, they could probably throw some young kid in there, and just the the energy alone that his replacement's going to give probably is going to make up for it. Because Seabrook hasn't really been right uh, dominant in a while. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, well, I mean, enough about the fucking league. Let's talk about the goddamn Capitals, which we haven't been able to do in months. That's what we're here for. Absolutely. All right, Caps fans, starting you off with some bad news. Where the fuck is Samsonov? Where is Sammy? He is not going he has not practiced once with the team, though he has done TikTok videos with Ovechkin and Kovey and Kuznetsov. So I'm saying, you know, it came out that he is going to be ready for next season, but he's out the entire tournament this season. Um, apparently he has an undisclosed injury, uh, which he sustained prior to the opening of training camp. We have no idea when and where that happened. Uh, he could have just been drunk and fell or something, but I, I, you know, I'm not going to speculate. But there was, at some point, something that, that messed him up, and he has an undisclosed injury. And, of course, and as per the NHL return to play plan, a team's not permitted to disclose the player injury. So... In true NHL fashion, we're just here to speculate and not know any facts, which I guess kind of goes along our whole podcast theme. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's probably likely that maybe he didn't go as hard during the quarantine and then probably got hurt trying to get back in shape. I, really? To me, that you seems think that this likely. happened? You think that this happened like it, during quarantine? I, I mean, he was healthy when the quarantine started. So, I mean, I think he probably just tried to go back to pre-COVID activity and hurt himself because he was, he you know, when you, when you take time off and you think you're in the same shape you were in. Right. And you just kind of overexert yourself and get hurt. Interesting take. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was a nagging injury throughout the the regular season too. And again, we have no fucking idea. Uh, he did have to make some quite athletic saves because uh, the defense and down down the stretch of the end of pre COVID shutdown, the Capitals were not playing well, and he was getting a lot of starts. Very bad team defense. Yeah. And we went on and on and on and on and on and on about that. So if you want to like backtrack like ten episodes before Hockeyocalypse, go ahead and, and listen to my rants. But yeah, I mean, it's not ideal 
to to have Samsonov out. But I knew and I feel that Braden Holtby was always the guy when we came back who was going to be the starter. And I'm anxious to see what Vitek Vanacek has because he is supposed he's been he's another Eastern European player and he is supposed to be on par with Samsonov, just a little younger. Because yeah, I'm I'm excited to see him get a chance. Um, I think I saw a tweet today that Holpe's going to play the first two periods of the exhibition game, and oh, really? so that'll leave Vitek in the third period. So um, I'm right. excited to see him get a look. And I've seen some different tweets on Hershey's Twitter account back when the season was still rolling that some of the fans thought that Vitek should be up in the show instead of Samsonov. So. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see if he deserves to be in the same conversation as Sammy. Right. Well, he has been killing it in the A, from what I understand, and, and he uh, is a highly touted prospect, somebody that the Caps have been developing for years now. And, I I mean, I'm excited to see him get this shot. Yeah. Because if too. he comes – I mean, I think that we can – I mean, Paulie, what do you think? I mean, I don't think Phoenix Copley, Copley is a – viable NHL starter, maybe at best an NHL backup. I think he's a very good person to have as number three. Right. Fair enough. Uh, but, but I would be very s- suspect if he was number one, like I would, right. I wouldn't expect to make it out of the first round if he was number one. Right. And the best thing about it is that if, Inevitably, we think, and we've talked about this, we think that Holpe is going to be gone after the season, which is reasonable to assume. And with a one-two punch of Vanacek, or Samsonov and Vanacek, I mean, that's, if Vanacek can really come in and play at this level, in an elite level, I think that that's great. I think that that's, I think that, you know, it, we're using all the assets that we have, we have farmed. And we're, you know, it's going to be a big, I guess, uh, mountain to climb for the scouting of the organization to find our next, next goaltender. But, you know, we have never paid goalies for years more than six million a year. So having two cheap young goalies would be great for the club. It could open up a lot of things for our, our, our skaters in, as far as flexibility on signing. So I'm cool with it, and I'm glad that Vitek's finally getting a shot. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the whole point of the farm system, right? So you have these guys when, when shit goes down. So, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I, I think it's not much of a drop-off, and we'll just see what happens. Right, and as far as the rest of the roster that's tra- traveling to Toronto – um, you know, we've got a regular roster and I keep forgetting Kovalchuk is still a part of the team. So, yeah. which is a good thing to have that veteran, veteran, uh, presence. But this Felipe Maliette, Maliette, um, he's, he's going to be there. Beck Malenstein, who's an older AHL player is going to get his shot. Connor McMichael. He's, he's getting a, he's getting a look. Um, we're keeping Richard panic on the roster but I feel like he's probably the guy that has been with the Caps all season who's going to be switched out uh, for said younger players also this Brian Pinho 
And hey, the guy we just got from the fucking Penguins, Daniel Sprong, who has had, I guess, some maybe it's an effort thing or a coaching thing or a culture thing or whatever, but he's had a tough go at it in the sense that scouts and organizations have not liked him, though he shows a lot of potential up front in our forward core. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think uh, I've got a pretty good-looking roster here. I'm excited to see what McMichael can do. Yep. And give, like, Beck Malenstein, who, when he did play the one game in, with the Caps, had, like, five shots on net, was a difference maker out there as far as the eye test goes, a big body, and finally getting a shot. And then you have all these young guys that he's bringing along with him from Hershey, like uh, Maliette and... Um, you know, Ma or uh, Mick McMichael and Pino that may make a dent. I mean, th- you know, this is the time to shine, boys. I mean, this is an unprecedented time in hockey and an unprecedented time in the organization. You make a you make a splash here, you could see yourself winning a cup in the best scenario, and then getting a shot on a full time roster spot next season, right? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is such an unprecedented situation that I feel like coaches are going to ride the hot hand. So right. you you, have to. you come out and make some shit happen, right? And you may overperform and keep getting a roster spot because if you're you know, if you're if you're contributing every night, you know they they're going to give you more of a chance than they would if it was just November and you're you're an extra guy. They're going to treat – I feel like people are going to get more of a benefit of the doubt as long as they're performing. Right. I mean, they're going to have – Reardon's going to have to go with, with, with like you said, the hot hand. And Connor McMichael comes out, scores a goal per game in the the exhibition and then through the round robin for seeding. You'd be an idiot to not put him in the regular roster when playoff time comes. Yeah, and that goes for any of them: Malenstein, Pinho, and Mallet. So, I'm, I'm. It's, it's going to be cool because right now we're getting a little bit of a mix of training camp of next season, along with all the chips are on the table for the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be exciting. <laughs> you don't sound so excited, Paulie. Fuck. I am excited. I just, <laughs> just I drunk. Know. Yeah, a little bit. On the on the blue line, though, we've talked goalies, we've talked forwards. On the blue lines, Alexander Alexiev, a guy who is a good prospect, and we drafted him recently, had a lot of promise. He's getting a look, along with Martin Fervery. Fervery? Fervery? That, Fervery? That's a heck of a name right there. I know. I know. And, and those two guys, I'm high on. I think that they're going to be good. Uh, and, you know, people were talking about February is, is, is the same guy as Jonas Siegenthaler. He's that type of player. Big, kind of lanky defenseman, plays a little bit of physicality, but is also responsible with the puck, and above all, is a decent skater. So, interested to see how they work out. And then Tyler, Tyler Lewington, who... Um, a big bruiser type of guy, uh, more of a Brooks Orpic, I guess you could say, um, or a Gudis, but younger. So 
that's how I'm looking at, 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 the, at the defensive core here. It's great that we ha- get all of these people, and, and I think that we're going to be getting a lot of looks in the round-robin rounds, again, just like we will for the forwards. I think we're going to be getting a lot of looks on these defensemen as well. So, again, make a name for yourself, kid. Yeah, I mean, as with everything else in life, diversity is the key to strength. So, uh, you know, we've got a, a nice mix of guys here. Give everybody some time in the exhibition and round robin. Round robin should be treated like exhibition. Uh, right. Just fucking give everybody a, a chance to play. Run all the lines. Don't even worry about playing time. Just run everybody equally and get everybody out there and get ready for when it really matters. Sure. No doubt. No doubt. And um, as far as the inner squad scrimmages that you guys may have caught, uh, you know, 3-1 red, 2-1 red on July 24th. The red team's kind of been killing it. Uh, I mean, it's good to see the boys out. Have, did you watch any of the scrimmages, Polly? Um, those two, and there may have been more, it, but those two I watched some of them. Um, and it was... It was entertaining, but it was easy to get distracted as well. <laughs> they looked a um, bit but, sloppy. They were not tape to tape, but they were yeah. full of piss and vinegar. I'll say that. The effort yeah. level was there. They were playing DC hockey in the sense of like when it goes deep, you go and forecheck well. But I think that just the minutia of it all as far as being able to play crisp was not there yet. Yeah, I mean, and they weren't like laying each other out, but there was a nice grind to the game. I thought um, Oshi had a few nice plays. He looked nice and silky. Always. Um, it, it was it was just nice to see them them moving around. Right, and again, we'll never know until it's a game time situation. But I didn't see anything glaring. I just saw that there was rust. That's all. Yeah. But on the 29th again. Caps fans, just to remind you, the 29th, 4 p.m. versus Carolina on NBC Sports Network. That's going to be our first return to play. So tune in, check out what the Caps are going to do against a up-and-coming rival in Carolina, a young team that's going to be good, uh, and 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 whatnot. I think I think that's going to be a good telling. It's going to be a good benchmark, if anything, if if nothing else. It's going to be a good benchmark, right? Yeah, I, I'm I'm glad that's the team that we have for the exhibition game because that that game's going to have a little a little more gusto than some of the other matchups would have. Right, and we'll get to see how we match up against a younger, faster team. Not, yeah, not crazy faster than us, but a little bit of a younger, faster team, and, and see what happens. But before we get on to the round robin schedule, which we're going to tell you here, we should talk about our sponsors at Manscaped. The Lawnmower 3.0 is out now from manscaped.com. Use code THPN, get 20% off plus free shipping. That's manscaped.com. Use code THPN, get 20% off plus free shipping. Polly, how's it going for you? I got my care package. You got yours. I know it took you a while to use it, but then your wife got mad and was like, you know, not going down there. 
unless. <laughs> All right, you're make you're you're making stories up now, but uh, yeah, I mean it's a good product. You can use it in the shower, which is convenient because who wants to clean up, right? Right. Um, you know, I, I, I trim all over the place, so it's, really, it's nice. Well, I guess I make that sound like more <laughs> than I really would. I mean, mostly it's like my mustache and then what you would expect to use it for. Really? So you but, use uh, this on your face and then go straight to ball and vice versa. Yeah. I mean, it's my own body. Like you dirty not fuck. like I'm using somebody else's ball trimmer. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not going to advise our fans to be doing that or our listeners to be doing that, but I will say, uh, maybe if you clean it off, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it, which is weird because Paula, you're kind of a germaphobe. But you're more than willing to, like, take your Gooch shaver and put it right on your face. You think I don't sanitize? I don't know. Do you? You haven't you haven't made that explicitly clear. I'm a, yeah, I clean things up, of course. <laughs> and then you always go face first and then <laughs> do your other stuff. All right. Well, folks, remember, manscaped.com. Use code THPN. Get 20% off plus free shipping. Again, that's manscaped.com. Use code THPN. Get 20% off plus free shipping. And when you're when you're going above and below the waist, do what Polly does. Sanitize whenever you make that okay. passage. If there's one thing we've learned in the last five to six months living in America, sanitize. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so the Caps round-robin schedule. August 3rd versus the Tampa Bay Lightning at 4 p.m. August 6th versus the Philadelphia Flyers, to-be-determined time. August 9th versus the Boston Bruins, to-be-determined again. I mean, these. this is a round-robin for standings, right? So it, it will eventually matter, but it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters as much. I think that this is more... An exhibition game. These three games are again kind of an exhibition. Get the rust kind of out. Let's see some tape to tape passes. Let's move with speed through the neutral zone, and then let's get some shots on net. That's what I'm saying. If I'm Todd Rudin, what about you, Polly? Yeah, I mean, winning these would be nice because you know theoretically you're going to play a less talented or less dangerous team if you win these games, but. Honestly, at this point, I mean, they're all NHLers. And I don't think you're going to see much of a difference between who you play as number one or number four. So, right. And that's that's not just verified by us two hockey fan slobs that are watching the game, but Jay Fresh himself, who we had on two episodes ago as episode 67. This is episode 69. Nice. nice. <laughs> he verified. He was like, look, man. All the stats and, and predictive models and everything out else is is 100% out the fucking window with this crazy sample size. He said that 25, is that right, Paulie? 25 games was the minimum sample size that you would need to get a baseline on anybody or any team in the NHL. Yeah. yeah it was something like that, right? Yeah. More so than these four or five games that, that teams are going to get to play in the play-in round. Um or if you're a top-seeded team like the Washington Capitals, the round-robin plus exhibition. So, 
Who knows? But the the big thing that I, I would like to say about the Washington Capitals that I think benefits us is we are a hot-out-the-gate team. Early in the season, the Washington Capitals are usually running high-test fuel. Yeah. And this, I think this This break, style tournament definitely benefits the, the hot-start teams. Exactly. So if we can come out hot like we do almost every season and then have a slump right after the All-Star break and then have a slump right into the fucking playoffs, then I think that this break and being able to come back like we are and be able to hit the ground running and play like three or four game warm-up games and then right into a playoff uh, high-stakes situation, uh, I think that the Capitals should be a favorite here. Yeah, I mean, they're def- I feel like they got to be towards the top. Uh, th- this fa- this setup favors a run and gun, a high offense, an exciting out of the gate team, and that all describes Washington. So, uh, I think we should all be very optimistic. Yeah, let's go Caps, baby. Last thing that we're going to talk about here is JC, and that's not Jesus Christ. But Might for the well Capitals, be. it could be. What did you say, Paul? <laughs> Might as well be. Right. So, John Carlson, the main shit stain, Norris Trophy candidate, is up against Roman Yossi, who, if there's anybody, I'll put it out there right now, if there's anybody that's going to challenge John Carlson for a fucking Norris, it's going to be Roman fucking Yossi, because that guy's a stud. And Victor Hedman, who didn't have... As great of a season this year, but still had a good one. But I feel like John Carlson's body of work in the first half of the season could net him a Norris Trophy in general. Yeah, his his defensive numbers weren't great. His defensive performance wasn't great going into the COVID break, if if that's, I guess, what we're calling it now, or the, <laughs> the pause to the season. But, man, he just put up some points. So, you know, obviously I 100% think he should win. Uh, he would only be the second capital, other than Rod Langway, to win it if he does win the Norris Trophy. And only the fifth Caps D-man to be nominated. Now, the most recent nominated capital for a Norris Trophy is Michael Green, who... Oh, the man. Uh, man, I loved Mike Green. War 25, that's my number. Dangles, long stick, you know, the Easton sticks that he loved. Long stick guy. Loved his fucking poise with the puck, but man, did he just have a rough go with a lot of the defense. I mean, he got pushed around the crease way too much, and I was such, and I still am, such a detractor on his game with that because I feel like he really, he's kind of like me in beer league, Polly, just so gifted offensively that he can't take the time to play defense. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he's like a PK Subban, but worse at defense uh <laughs> you know those guys in in like a chris letang you know they're, they're basically just right. like a fourth uh forward out there right right and, and oh go ahead well it's in, in in that really showed the longer he was with washington and the norris tends to gravitate towards guys who put up points but um uh, Mike Green was an example of how that's not enough. Right. Um, 
And during those years that he was up for it, there were more... I mean, Mike Green, I think at one point, scored 100 points as a defenseman. I mean, it's incredible. Feed Novi there. Um, but this year, John Carlson came out, a man possessed. The one goal that I that I was like, okay, John Carlson's reaching for another level was when he came in, deked out Jonathan Quick, and put it, like, just deked around Jonathan Quick, and then in the backhand, just put it short side through the net, into the net. And, I mean, that's a handsy, confident play. you got to be feeling yourself. Not to mention, I mean, John Carlson, you could always say he's had the rocket, right? He's got a clap bomb that's top in the league. And being able to blow that by goalies with accuracy is is a thing that's that's great. And he has always had that through his career. But to see him have the confidence to make those handsy, uh, no panic type plays, you know, not trying to flip it over quick, who is sprawled out. In fact, actually just stick handling around him and then backhanding it lightly into the net below GLE or the goal line extended, if you will. Um, Wow, that's just, I mean, you. It, when I saw that, I was like, okay, John Carlson's on another level this year. He's obviously fucking feeling himself. And the numbers back it up because, unfortunately, I feel like this may be Yossi's time. And Yossi has always been kind of an underrated defenseman in the league and, and, and or at least one that doesn't get a lot of press and a lot of recognition, though I'm sure that the Nashville fan base really loves him because he's an elite defenseman year in and year out. Um, but, you know, JC scored 75 points. Yossi only had 65. And that is the second highest scoring defenseman next to John Carlson. So, only in true Washington Caps fashion would JC get screwed out of the Norris this year. At least in my eyes. I feel like he's yeah. a shoe in I, I think he should win. But, uh, but the fact that Yossi has been passed up before might be enough for right. people. Because people will vote for dumb shit like that. Right. Because Yossi's put... And, and obviously the Norris is voted on every year. So you're trying to be objective in this year's only performance. But there's got to be at least a little bit in hockey writers and the people that vote for this trophy. In the back of their mind, Yossi's been putting in this type of performance for the past five years, blah, 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 blah. It's all trash. I I think that with this season's performance, even with John Carlson's quote-unquote shortcomings on the defensive end, which there were a plenty, I still think that when you outscore the next highest guy by 10 fucking points and you're burying... You got to give it to to our boy, right? Absolutely. Well, in JC, we trust, ladies and gentlemen, and, and you've heard us drone on for long enough. We hope that you guys are doing good. We hope that you guys are staying healthy. We hope that you guys are excited, as excited as we are. I think that the NHL kind of really has this thing under control in the sense that they've done it right with the relaunching plans. Yeah, I mean, MLB's there, but who gives a fuck about baseball? 
Right. PLL is happening, but they've always been kind of like a Harlem Globetrotter operation in the sense that they're traveling around a lot. Um, But, you know, no fans in the stands, lots of checks per pregame, everything else for the NHL. The COVID rules are in place. Be happy that hockey is coming back. I'm fucking overjoyed. Yeah, me too, man. I can't wait. And 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 in such quick succession, you know, uh, it's 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 like a heroin addict relapsing and just overdosing. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> sorry, it's quite a visceral. Sorry, that's terrible. This is a shitty, I guess, analogy. But goddamn, I am ready. I am ready to overdose on some fucking hockey, bud. Yeah, man. You know, the next time we talk to Caps fans, it'll be after a Capitals game. How about right. that? How about that, Caps fans? Exactly. We will be able to break down the game. I am going to watch it and watch it twice probably and enjoy every fucking minute of it. Uh, though, I will say, Caps fans, meter your expectations. We're going to see a lot of new guys, I hope. And we may not win a lot of games this first four-game stint. But know that our studs are waiting in the stables. Right? Absolutely. All right, Caps fans. Well, Paul, you got anything else you want to say? Uh, no, I'm just I'm, – I'm ready to be talking about and breaking down a game next week when we talk to all you wonderful people. Oh, yeah, and speaking of you wonderful people, we made it to like the top 100 on Chartable on, on – Hockey USA podcast for Apple. That's weird. It's weird to me. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, so all thanks to you. Um, hopefully, you tune in on this and enjoy it. And, uh, you know, don't discredit us because we're drunk or drinking. Yeah. Just drink with us. Exactly. Well, Caps fans. I'm super pumped. I hope you guys are extremely excited to see what is going to go down in this next week and a lot of exciting stuff coming up until next Monday. It is the Hockey Troll and Polly Cupcakes signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin' on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, on Twitter at Cupcake Polly. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Twitter and Instagram. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.